worldtalkradio.com. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. The theme of our show for almost seven years has been the power of water. Why did I choose the power of water? From the moment you were born and you left your mother's womb, the pocket of water, and entered into the delivery room, you left the water. You began to dehydrate. Dehydration is everything to do with your every moment of your life. You personally do not. There are no two eyes alike. That's a dehydration. No two fingerprints alike. That's a dehydration. Everything about your life and your choices of life, your health, diseases is dehydration. The body is made up of trillions of cells. You know, we had a Nobel Prize winner on our show who got the Nobel Prize of of proving without a doubt that there's a water in the molecule. To prove without a doubt, 25 years later, 20 doctors and millions of doctors, the common sense, water is in your cell. You're a walking sponge of water. So what is the dehydration of our lives and our bodies? But the earth itself has to operate on fresh water, not just the seawater, salt water solution. It's the fresh water. And we've had people from NASA on here, NOAA, and they've said too, when I brought up the fact, wouldn't that be an influence of fresh water on the surface of the earth influencing the solar system? Because we have the water that we may don't know who else might out in the solar system, but we have the water, but the earth cannot survive without the fresh water. So the show is based on this. We must take it serious with me, must be highly educated, and it is education that saves lives. Did you know that 5,000 children are dying a day without fresh water to drink? Now, that is not excusable. It cannot be accepted on the earth we're living on with all, of the, all that we have available to us. Those leaders of those countries should be embarrassed. We should humiliate them to not make fresh water. They should make fresh water available to everyone who lives in their country, in their communities. Every child should have fresh water. Did you know that women are getting up every morning to go walk distances, to go get the water and come back to their homes to make sure the family had some buckets of fresh water, whether it be dirty, grimy water, filtrated with urine and things from animals? They, they don't care. They're just trying to get water to their homes. Now, our planet Earth's population in the last week grew by 40, in the, in the United States of America, it grew by 49,641 people in the United States of America. The population in the United States grew throughout this country to participate in the world population. Now, the United States has 314,494,500 people. But in the, in the world, the world population grew by one million. 
479,365 people. Now, living in in the world population, the world, it's 7,042,891 no, people. Now, we have water available to keep our, life, uh, our lives alive, detoxify with the health as a solvent, with the fresh water, to keep us alive and fight those diseases. So can you imagine how important the water is? And as a world, why are we fighting over these other things that we're fighting over? Why aren't we all joining together and discussing what would keep the planet Earth alive, people healthy and surviving? Let's think about that. I'm really excited today. We have Bill Dean with us, and he is a criminal investigative journalist and best-selling author. News and why we are not getting it. Have you ever stopped to think about it? Way out there in all of you, the audience all over the world, why aren't you getting your news? I've been asking those questions myself. Why? What's happening here? We have more communications than ever in history on the planet with our lives. We're over-communicated. Our second guest is Steve Ulster. He's the founder, and he's, he's in reinvention. He's reinvented the workshop as a creator on the Internet. We are going to watch this and learn about what he's going to teach us about what is happening online with the Internet. I'm really excited about both of these, of these people. Remember, education, education, education makes you a healthier, happier person. Be willing to learn and always be open-minded, too. We're going to listen with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know the dry eye solution is? The dry eye solution of eyes is the tear film, water in your eye. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 99% water? Where's the water? to be able to supplement the eyes because, you know, drinking water isn't going to do it only. It's nature's tears. Eye mist is the dry eye solution with just a mist. Well, listen to our sponsor. It's 100% water, tissue culture-grade water, and we'll listen to our sponsor, nature's tears. Eye mist, and we'll be right back with Bill Dean. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Bill, are you with us? I'm here. Enjoying your show. Thank you for joining (laughs) us, and I am looking forward to this for what you can teach us, what you've been learning, because I am, I'll tell you where I'm coming from, an audience, I'm in the United States of America, I'm in Southern Oregon, in Grants Pass, Oregon, I uh, am almost 71 years old, Bill, and through the years, watching communications and the news and all the subject matters that are offered to us, I cannot believe the topic today is exactly what we're all asking, what in heck has happened to journalistic objectiveness. Do you remember way back, Bill, when it was supposed to be objective? <laughs> oh, yeah, and I was in it those, uh, in those days, too. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, uh, uh, you've got to know that there are six corporations now that are running 80% of what we see and what we hear, newspapers, magazines, and everything else, six large corporations. And I was at a New York press club uh, just a couple of days ago, and I uh, had an ABC local reporter, and uh, ABC, as you know, is run by one of those six, which is Disney. And I asked him, I said, uh, what would happen to you if you did a story about uh, the danger of amusement parks, which Disney, of course, owns? He says, we couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> and, uh, nobody will. Nobody will tell you that. Now, General Electric has uh, sold out the Comcast. Uh, they're the, they're one of the other big six. Right. And NBC was run by Comcast uh, by uh, General Electric, uh, and they're also influencing at this particular time. Now, uh, there's been a um, uh, disastrous pollution. You're talking about water of what they've done with the Hudson River. Henry Hudson talked about uh, when he came up uh, up the Hudson River about the fish. He says there were so many fish in the Hudson River, you could just reach down and grab them. And uh, General Electric, since about 1908, has uh, been polluting uh, the river with these um, very, very heavy chemicals that go to the bottom and, of course, the fish, bottom fish, and uh, you can't eat them, although some people continue to eat them. Uh, now, would uh, any NBC reporter be able to do that story? This is uh, obviously the answer is no. They don't tell you you cannot do it, but if you didn't know the system, uh, and you did it, you would be marginalized. Now, Bill, tell uh, us a little bit about you, or, or, or your life, and where you're at today, how you got to where you're at with this. What, where, where did you begin your career? Well, I started out as a rock and roll DJ, and that's actually how I met uh, Smooth Criminal many years ago. And um, that's my book, Smooth Criminal, A One-Man American Crime Wave, which is uh, 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 opens new ground. It talks about uh, taking taking people uh, prisoner, uh, Americans prisoner. Um, the it's uh, letting letting prisoners out of jail to do dangerous assignments, who then return to the United States if they survive, 
and uh, con becoming con artists, and a lot of people have been hurt, and that's why I have written Smooth Criminal, not because they're letting prisoners out of jail to do dangerous assignments, because maybe this program has saved us from another 9-11. I mean, I, I understand that uh, possibility. But the thing that it's extreme secrecy, so secret that uh, when there's a trial uh, of one of the people that the CIA has been using as uh, as a uh, an operative around the country or around the world, the uh, the uh, CIA will not tell the Justice Department, the United States Justice Department, that this is one of us. It's the right hand uh, not knowing what the left hand of government is doing. And uh, I encountered that. Actually, Smooth Criminal encountered that. And uh, the Justice Department, it actually went to the Supreme Court where they were ordering a skyjacking trial. And the Supreme Court didn't know either. And so they ordered a trial, which the judge was in on it with the CIA. And he was like a cheerleader trying to get these guys. So when you wrote the book Smooth and Criminal, um, and uh, then along the way, you found yourself getting more involved in investigating because you're an, you're called a criminal you call yourself a criminal investigative journalist and uh along the way you found yourself also bumping into probably finding out more information that uh individuals living in the United States and the world are not hearing about that are hidden behind the scenes kind of like what's going on in Libya right now um and what's gone on with the guns problem in Mexico uh, as you probably heard on the news this morning, they found that you maybe remember when those people were killed in Mexico, they were at a party, and all those people were killed, and then they found out some of those guns were in that, when the people were a, young, a family having a party. Uh, I think, In fact, I think it was a Christian party. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get that wrong, but uh, there was a party, and they found out that and some of those guns were used to kill them, uh, these innocent people. And now we're going through this, uh, what's, uh, they're holding back all this information on Libya that they don't want, of course, to get out before the election. It's obviously they don't want it out before the election because there's something that would be very damaging. Um, now, your background has been diving into all of these things for so many. How long have you been doing this? Well, I started out, as I say, as a disc jockey, and then I, uh, I only did that for a couple of years. That's exactly when I met Smooth Criminal, but um, I've been a a journalist. I was at uh, CBS News for 30 years, and I uh, took voluntary retirement because I knew that they wouldn't give me the time or the money that it would cost uh, CBS to have me investigate this story. And I've been working full-time on it Mm -hmm. for four years, and I finally was able to uh, produce the book, and it's been out for about two months now. Uh Uh, It's important, and the reason that I'm really doing it, I said I'm not, uh, I I understand that we have to have this... this uh, secrecy going on when it comes to uh, people being sent overseas and so forth, but the it's extreme secrecy when they see these guys coming back to the United States and they see families being devastated, they lose their their businesses, they're taken away by these con artists, 
and the extreme secrecy of the CIA tells local police not to get involved. I've got a woman that uh, that went to the FBI even and said, "Please help me. He's taken over my business. I'm bankrupt. He's gotten into the into the accounts of my children, and uh, I've I've lost four properties in New Jersey. Please." Help me. And the FBI says, go home. He's no con artist, but he's taken over my house. He's living there. Go home. And uh, it was nowhere to turn. It's just total frustration. And I've interviewed about 15 of these people. And I. Well, you've lost me for a minute, Dean. Uh, I mean, Bill. what happened there with the woman? How did he get to her? How did he get close to her? Was he a stranger? Well, he was a con artist, and uh, oh, he was he told a con the, artist. Yes, of course, he was. He was let out of. Uh, he was in the program where he went overseas and uh, did his duty for the CIA, and then he came back. And the deal was, you know, we'll let you out of jail if you do these things, and if you survive, you can uh, be a citizen. You can come back. The problem is, is that it's so secret that the CIA doesn't stand by. Oh, so you're saying this woman? He was uh, a con artist who was let out of jail, and. And then he goes in and takes his specialty of his trade as a con artist and gets involved with other people's lives. And then all of a sudden the person finds out that this person is a con artist, not knowing what the backing of the con artist is supported by the government. But then she tries to get rid of him, and she can't get rid of him because he became part of their home. Oh, yes, exactly. You've got it. Uh, I would. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that we have much time, and I'd like to uh, uh, go through how you can identify con artists. Okay, uh, let's listen because I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Uh, oh yeah, more than we know. Uh, he said that he was a, a federal agent, that he had uh, specific White House connections, and he wanted to bring a whole bunch of people, uh, uh, other agents, down from Washington, and uh, he needed twenty thousand dollars to fix up her little motel, which he and he needed it right away, and uh, she got it through her family, and uh, she never saw any any. Uh, a correction of any painting or anything on her motel. Who knows where the money went? But uh, the, the CIA knew that these guys were posing as agents. Now, I could put on a policeman's uniform here in New York today, and I would be arrested and thrown in jail if I did that. But this guy, for years, uh, said that he was a, uh, a, a special agent with direct White House connections, and he could really tell a, tell a story so you'd believe it. Here's the uh, top ten on how to identify, and you can get rid of them quickly. In the beginning, you can get rid of a con artist because they know that about 30% of the population in the country uh, are susceptible to their stories. So if you turn them down in the beginning, they don't bother with you. Why should they bother when they got 30% well, of the looking, population Well, the reason why, Bill, at the beginning, they're already, they're sociopaths, and they're trying to decide how weak you are and how good they are. And so all of a sudden, yes. if, you, if, you've deter, if, you, if they're, they're wondering if you've already gotten suspicious with them, they'll move on to the next victim. So you what you're it. saying is be aware at the beginning if these things happen, and you've got to stop That's them right. before they get, get, get control of you, and mm-hmm. then they feel like they're more powerful than you are. That's right. Well, you and the reason I say all. that, Bill, mm-hmm. is I had oh. about 2007, I'm going to bring this out, I had in 2007, I had hired a media company. 
And Bill, before I knew it, before the year was over, three quarters of a million dollars. There was a con artist, new president in that media company that had just gotten out of prison, went and, and did what he did. We tried to battle it, and, and it, it just absolutely took years to battle. And he was a con artist. They were con artists. I should write a book about what happened. But you're right about what's happening, and the audience needs to know. Bill, it isn't just the way you're talking about people who, uh, they grow up as smooth con artists, and a lot, you're probably right, they go to prison and get better at it, and then they come out and they go out and do what they do. And people were all victims. Bill, I bet you've been a victim Mm -hmm. of something where you were shocked. Yeah, I lost. Uh, fortunately, I I only lost five hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is uh, this is a there is a pattern here. Also, that it's very interesting that you can go to Outer Mongolia or the United States or wherever you go, you cannot escape them. It's about four percent, say, uh, sociologists around the world. They are con artists, and I don't know why it is so consistent. But anyway, I can run down the list here very quickly. Uh, they are very smooth and. Con- Confident, confident talkers, and they will impress you. About 30% of the population will be impressed, particularly somebody in need, somebody that's lost a husband or something like that. Uh, they always have an answer for everything, and uh, uh, they'll give you uh, confidence in their laughter and openness. What a wonderful person this is, and he's interested in me. Uh, their enormous ego apparently has no bounds. They listen attentively, which is what a turn on this is. Somebody really cares about what I'm saying, and they act, and then uh, the the trouble starts. This is this is sort of a Pinocchio movie. In the beginning, things are wonderful. You're at the amusement park. You're having a good time, and then all of a sudden, they shove you into a factory, and you can't get out. Uh, they move fast at this point, maybe a month later, and while they move instantly from one end of the continuum to the other, and sometimes Sometimes they're mad and angry at you, and sometimes they're very nice, and they were nice all the time before. And so you're blaming yourself. Uh, for now, wait a minute. Let's back up. We're going, fast. we're going pretty fast. I'm sorry? That. Now, when they start out smooth, and uh, it kind of almost sounds like the mom, <laughs> they start out smooth, they get your attention, they get your confidence, they get to know you. You don't realize yeah. how much they're trying to get to know your Pattern. Exactly, and then all exactly. of a sudden, if they should get upset with you, it's because they're again testing how well they had done to control you. That's right. There we and go. This is so a pattern then they, really when they get mad, if you let them get, if if you let them be that mad and disrespectful, and you let them get away with that, then they keep moving on to other patterns. Exactly. There we go. Uh, then you're then you're stuck. Then they've got uh, they've taken well, what your means money and stuck. you're going to tell. You didn't realize that you got in bed with somebody who was trying to sociopathically control you because they already thought you were weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, um, uh, you ask questions and you look for gaps, and yeah. uh, they cover their tracks by getting you your close friends and your relatives in a war among themselves. He spreads yeah. rumors to one person that somebody there is saying go. this, mm-hmm. and they're fighting. So now you don't have any, any friends or relatives because he's saying, you know, we are doing something very important for the government or we're doing such, such a project, and we can't do this with all these, all these family members that are interfering and questioning me. 
And so uh, the, uh, the, the victim gets very angry at the family and separates and stays with the, uh, with the con artist. Uh, they cover their tracks by getting your close friends and relatives into a literal war. There's something that's interesting with the animal world and with us, and that is intense eye contact is something that, uh, you know, if somebody's looking you in the eye, it shows interest and it shows that they that they you can trust them uh, which of course is untrue because these guys are trained to look at you in the eye um, and they move so fast they take your breath away they will demand that they marry you for example and that uh, you have to prove that you're a true soul, a true soulmate and uh, they draw on your guilt after all I've done for you and you know my family problems and I had an incurable disease or I had a financial setback and and now you're uh, now you're questioning me as, uh, and finally there's a sometimes there's a sexual attraction those are the top 10 that I ran through very quickly hmm. Now, that can be in a lots of walks of life, too. It doesn't have to be a person who's out there. You know, look at all the things that happen in people's personal lives that uh, we're running up against today because, Bill, they're, seeing how to, they're learning how to do it by all of these different programs on the shows on TV, reality shows and the sitcoms and, mm-hmm. and going to the movies and listening to oh, some of the horrible music that can be, I'm going to kill you, but if you don't do it, you know, I mean, oh, Bill, look at what our children, and when you're describing these things, Bill, can you imagine the effect on children? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Witnessing uh, all of this, um, of what all these so-called, quote, adults are doing. <laughs> It's interesting that uh, the number of men that uh, in the in the army that are able to kill uh, the enemy, and that uh, in the in the World War One they felt like uh, only twenty percent were actually firing at the at the other side. And as time goes on, and I think it's the Nintendo games and so forth that we have, oh, we can kill this uh, this thing on the TV, and bam, 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 we're killing all those. So you get into the military, and uh, you look at the enemy, and they don't look like humans. They look like something on a television screen that you can knock off. And now it's about 80% of the, of the guys uh, don't shoot over the heads of the enemy. Um, huh. And they have no uh, no guilt about it. Well, our troops, I'm going to, I've always been a defender of our military and the United States is because we're a volunteer and voluntary move, um, tr- troops. Are they, um, are they really volunteer? <laughs> and, uh, uh, but what, no, what I mean is I'm coming, I've done many, many military bases and what I do. And, uh, when they go through the boot camp, is that person going to be able to pr- protect our country and protect the troops around them? If they can't protect the troops around them, they'll all be dead. And uh, the thing about it is, is I'm a believer, Bill, that uh, we have neighborhoods that we're told not to go into. Uh, We've got different areas of the world that says do not go there. We're given warning signs. Uh, But if we should have to go there for whatever reason we went there, maybe not for a vacation, but for a business reason or whatever reason, how are we going to be protected? Mm-hmm. To go there, because there yeah, are well, people in the world. we have to have we have to be event. extremely careful. The uh, the people on cruise ships uh, don't know they they think that they uh, that they're you know still in the United States and they're not. And when you see something like uh, 
Panama on the back of a boat, well, uh, if you've got some kind of a problem and you want to sue, you've got to go to Panama or Liberia or something. There are no American passenger ships that are now listed in the United States because the regulations are too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the lines will, uh, it looks like a beautiful ship and everything, and it is, but uh, try suing if you fall down or something on board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now, on your, uh, today what I wanted to learn, too, is your side of you that's the journalistic side that's out there in the world. And um, what are you thinking about what's going on with the news today um, <clears throat> with all of the different network news, the cable well, news, and so on? Uh, it, uh, where do you think people can go? And get a, an objective side, well, both sides. And to me, I need I need both sides. I don't want to hear just one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would well, you go? Well, um, the the uh, the people that are in the business uh, know very very well that they're being managed, but they don't have any time. And this is this is the way uh, the way uh, people uh, are are being run that are in the business. They have so much to do. They have. They got to go to the mayor's news conference here. They got to cover this person. Oh, they're running and all over. So the place. they don't have time to do the real news. They don't have time to investigate. Exactly. And that's where, in big markets, uh, uh, people are controlled, and they don't realize that a lot of news people say that we're not controlled. Well, they don't have time to think and to look around. I found that I was able to do more when I was news director in Rochester, New York. Uh, that turned Eastman Kodak upside down with pollution and uh, racism problems and so forth uh, because uh, we had more time. Uh, to, but uh, these people in New York, uh, you can see the news uh, from 4.30 to 6.30, and it's nothing but shootings and uh, automobile accidents and, um, and maybe the mayor uh, saying something. And uh, there's nothing that you can carry away. I try to do a little bit better than that on our missing news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on the news, though, because people are news fanatics thanks to CNN, Fox, cover the news 24 hours a day. And then uh, the other networks are not covering it all day because they've got their programs. Um, when people are listening to, quote, the news, and, and there's addicts to it, uh, to where they don't watch anything else but the news because they can't do that. Uh, Logically, they are in trouble. <laughs> and uh, the thing about it is, is these people, uh, just like you said, there's a con going on that people have to see through that they're being biased by. They're not saying this is one person to discuss one side and here's the other person to discuss the other side. Remember in the old journalistic way back, you get in your article, your story, both sides no, yeah. in the old world. And you know, I well, was going to take journalism at one time in my life way back, and I found that far, even in the late 50s, they were already getting to where they were away from the fair journalism. You didn't get both sides. So I decided Well, it's a money-making thing with, uh, what happens over at Fox. I, I don't want to criticize their newscast at 7 o'clock, which is done very, very well, and I know who's, uh, who's on that, and they are really, and they demand that they are fair. Now, but, this is your uh, local these, commentators, these commentators are telling people uh, what the people want to hear. They don't want to hear the other side, unfortunately. And, uh, and when you listen to that for six hours, you become so miserable, and so many people are doing that. 
mm-hmm. uh, that the whole world's coming to an end when you listen to that. And, you know, we're going to get the other side and that kind of thing. Uh, they used to, in, in Congress, uh, have a, an aisle in the middle where they tried to reach a, an accommodation on each, mm-hmm. on each other's part. And now uh, we, it seems like we don't have anybody in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are way over to the left, way over to the right, and uh, we've got well, to you know, a t- Bill, I'm going to tell you something to think about on that. I, I've tried to rationalize because I'm in the health field, in the medical field, and um, my world has been there a long time. And I've often wondered, you know, they're criticizing the food companies because of all the sugar. Well, we, the people, said this doesn't taste good. I want something else to go with this. So the food companies decide I better because we're publicly held. If I don't go over and satisfy my customers, my audience who buy the food, I'm going to lose, and that will be a newscast. On the, on, I'm losing money on my stock. Mm-hmm. And the news the on the stock of America plunges, comes. And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, the food companies are filling the demand. Uh, you go over to all of these different uh, companies, and they're filling a demand because we, the people, are saying, "Well, I don't. I want something else." And you're offering, and then because they're publicly held, they have to go in and think, "Well, our, uh, somebody on the newscast will somewhere say our stock is plunging because we're not giving our audience what they want." So we're all a little guilty uh, going course. to the grocery store, purchasing something that tastes good rather than is healthy, all the way to turning on the television with the right movies and the right shows that are healthier and not killing, and horrible language uh, for these children today. And I can't even believe some of the commercials that are on there that when I was growing up, Bill, they didn't, know, they didn't have commercials like that for children to watch. And then here we set you and I today saying, what is fair? What are we going to, what are these poor children? Um, uh, what about these poor children that um, uh, having to listen to, to, Bill, have you noticed with your investigation that they're not considering the children watching TV whatsoever? Well, there has been a lot of criticism, and, and the networks do pull back when somebody, some organization really comes after them and uh, says that they're uh, advertising the wrong food for the kids and so forth. Well, they do so for they the do. food, but they what about They are the aware, and they are afraid because Congress can come up with some kind of a, a thing that we would like, some kind of a, a, a rule. Uh, this sugar, these sugar uh, cereals are, are virtually worthless, I mean, harmful to people. And, uh, but so and, is uh, violent television, violent movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, you know we're uh, we're paying for that. Uh, uh, do you remember Bill years ago when uh, there was a show called on television Buffy? Um, she was it was a, a girl who cause she could turn into another type of person, and they had had done some analyzing, and this has been years ago, maybe twenty two years ago where they said uh, that, oh, my gosh, these children watching that, they were analyzing them, and the child, the children, especially the girls, would get wrapped up in the character of the girl, Buffy, that maybe they shouldn't be watching so much because they were getting so wrapped up in the girl. And this is where I'm thinking about uh, what's going on out there. Uh, the children, uh, I have had, uh, to me, there's no such thing as an imperfect child, Bill, and they're all depending upon the rest of us to guide us 
on what they what is a good way to grow up and your outlook on life, your attitude is important to your health and your attitude is important to your personality of how you treat others. Mm-hmm. But uh, would you would you hold for the minute? Does the other guest? Our other guest is not there yet, and uh, could you last a little longer? Would you like to be on a little longer? Sure. Uh, okay, I'll do let, let's you take want. a break with our uh, sponsor, and then you can come back and tell me some other things in the audience which you've been learning. Because this mm-hmm. is a, a very much of a hot topic today because of this thing in Libya. They're saying, what is going on here with this, all this secrecy that we don't all know? But um, uh, hang on, and we'll be right back, and then maybe you can teach us some things that we ha- need to understand. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed, and we'll be right back with Bill Dean. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Uh, Bill, I'm curious, and this is so important, you know, because we're in the midst of so much, and you've taken your time and your whole, your life to take sincerely and with passion to go out and try to understand what is happening for people to understand. Um, Even the most intelligent, even the most experienced people become victims of, because they're off guard. Well, corporations don't work on principle anymore, and uh, it's it's all the dollar, and everybody that's working for them is a liability they feel, and uh, it's it's coming back to bite us. There's uh, the marginalizing of uh, the middle class. When I was a kid, it used to be like ninety percent was middle class, two percent were rich, and maybe eight percent eight percent were poor. Now we've got about thirty percent of the whole population is poor, and uh, they most of those came from the middle class. And now you've got uh, when somebody was rich uh, when you and I were kids, it was maybe maybe twenty uh, oh you know maybe maybe three four five times what the average person was making. Now somebody that's rich is uh, making a thousand times as much. So there isn't that much money to go around, and you can only buy one theater seat, even if you're a billion trillionaire. And so the theaters are empty, um, the restaurants are empty, and um, uh, eventually it's it's going to destroy even the rich. Yeah. Um, now you know I've got a thing about that middle class description, the word class. 
um, why are they calling it class? Why do you think they're wanting to call it a class? I, you know, when I grew up, uh, I was taught with my parents that uh, maybe we had something somebody else didn't have, that somebody else had something we didn't have. We all were raised in our homes not being jealous or concerning about who had what because we we all were work. Everybody was working toward what they were doing. Maybe one person didn't mow their lawn because they didn't really want to. It didn't mean they didn't have a lawnmower, but they didn't care what their lawn looked like. And then there were other people in the in the neighborhood that did mow the lawn. Even if they had no money, they mowed their lawn uh, just to keep their uh, self-respect and their concern of their yard and help everybody else's yards look nice because they mowed their yard. What is happening uh, to? Well, it's people? the me. It's the me generation, isn't it? It's uh, just me. I don't. I don't care about mowing my lawn for the rest of the neighborhood. That's that's them. That's their problem. Isn't that the attitude? I don't know. I, I'm curious because I'm very much of an all-American bill. I have uh, on our campus at our research center flags. Um, I have flags in our buildings. I'm very concerning of our world. Uh, after 9-11, three weeks later, I was on the plane handing out our product for free to thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. New York firemen and responders. Uh, I'm a believer of what is best for all uh, is, is so important. I am that, but I do realize that something happened here. We're not saying millionaires more anymore. We're say, saying billionaires. Um, but back to the news. The news is not helping in my outlook, but here again, that's the way they, they want to run their news. We have to realize that when people, you're educating us today, that the con artist is someone who predatorizes on your needs, which you personally want. Isn't that what you said? That's correct. And then all of a sudden, the predatorizing, and now we have choices to go watch on the channel, and I think they can poll us if which channel we're all watching and uh, how uh, they can, who's going to get the, the most amount of uh, advertisers because they can watch us on, because we can go to the channel, and which channel are we choosing to watch? Well, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the American public, uh, and uh, when they say, I don't watch the news, they're telling me that, uh, that there's nothing of value on, on the news, and that, to a great extent, is true. They're not really telling us the truth. Uh, they're not, uh, nobody, nobody in the major networks has uh, dared to uh, do this story on Smooth Criminal, which is really hurting people, and the only reason I'm doing this is so that more mm-hmm. people do not get hurt. And uh, and I know I know what's going to happen. I because I was a news assignment editor at CBS for thirty years. There's a herd mentality. When somebody finally dares to put it in a paper or something like that, then they'll all want to do it, and that's what happens. Because then they feel that it's safe and they won't be sued. Uh, we have. There to we have go. Hey, you just said the magic word, sue. Oh yes, I had to. I had to change this book. I was told by a lawyer. In fact, I went to three lawyers, and they said, if you don't change the names in this book, not only will you be sued, but your children's children will be sued. And uh, I'm, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm reporting exactly 
the, the story is 100% true. Only the names have been changed. And when we do an interview on, on the book, we use the real names because we can consider, thanks to Justice Brandeis in the early part of the 19th century, who, who uh, really said, we gotta, we got to stick with the First Amendment, and uh, we got to give the news people the, uh, the right. Uh, so that means that you, you can't be sued in the, in the broadcast business if you give the name of a person who was involved in an automobile accident. Uh, but if you wrote a book about that person, and it, uh, you know, because books last, and uh, some young lawyer would come along and say, uh, well, this person was in an automobile accident 40 years ago, and now we're going to sue because the book is still out there. His family's been harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I am vulnerable to that. Uh, because the the families, if they if the names were not uh, the same, uh, I mean, if the names were the same in the book as they really were, uh, some young twenty five year old lawyer could come along and say, you know, their children's children uh, will be uh, embarrassed over this, and this is uh, this is worth a two hundred million dollar lawsuit or some nonsense. And then you wind up settling for maybe fifty thousand, but I can't afford fifty thousand. Now, the United States of America is probably not the only place where people, con artists, come into our country and filter themselves into the person's life as a, as a social path. And in filtering, well, into these the are, life, they don't have to come from other countries. They're here. We got our four <laughs> percent. And where did you come up with 4%? It's, uh, as I said, the sociologists and psychiatrists will say all over the world it's 4%. You can't get away with uh, away from it. Uh-huh. It's, uh, as I said, uh, Outer Mongolia supposedly has 4% of its people are con artists. I can't explain it. I just have accepted their their. It's a behavior that's been going on for a long time. And it goes on all over the world, you know. Uh-huh. It's just not here. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have you lived in New York? Uh, I have lived here since 1981. Mm-hmm. And where did you come from? Uh, how did I get here? I was uh-huh. an anchor in Philadelphia, KYW. And oh, okay. uh, then I, I could have gone on the air. I continued to go on the air, but I decided to go in the background. I had two young children, and I didn't know because until you get established on the air, they can... They can have a martini lunch and decide that uh, maybe they can find somebody else. But you like the but you obviously like to do the investigation, the research side. Oh well, I had to leave uh, CBS because they wouldn't give me the time for this. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, uh, I was talking to somebody that everybody would know if I mentioned, and he knew that I was doing this two years ago. And he said, "I want that." And I said, "Okay, I'll let you know." I let him know in April or in May. <laughs> I said, "I'm ready to publish," and mm-hmm. he said, "I want it." And uh, the corporation up above him must have told him, uh, "You can't do that." Mm-hmm. It's uh, walking on somebody's toes that they have to be. Actually, Ed Murrow, people don't know, Ed Murrow was fired from uh, from CBS uh, because Bill Paley in 1959 did not realize how important and how influential television had become. So the people uh, describe, with General Motors... You know, I remember an era that all... Okay, t- describe what happened there, I forgot. I'm sorry? With Edward R. Murrow. 
I, I, I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. I, I forgot about years ago. I remember oh. hearing about that. Describe what happened to Edward R. Murrow. Well, uh, uh, Bill Paley was, uh, of course, uh, was uh, who, who owned CBS was uh, being uh, 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 entertained and so forth by the big corporation people who realized how important television was becoming. And uh, then they uh, became very friendly with him, and they said, hey, you know, this guy's a loose cannon. He just did a did an expose on uh, Harvest of Shame, which was a great movie. Nobody even knew about the people that picked our fruit and so forth in the country and uh, how they were living. And, I mean, if they got cut and lost uh, lost an arm or something, nobody took care of them. And their school kids were out six years old picking, uh, picking vegetables and so forth. And he exposed that. And uh, because of that, that was his last one that he was able to do because food companies and so forth uh, were saying, hey, you know, this guy's a loose cannon. We don't know what he's going to do next. You have to censor him. And Murrow said, I will not be censored. And uh, he was gone. It was Jack Kennedy who gave him the USIA, United States Information Agency, job. But he died of a broken heart uh, a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad. And we we look up to him as the the creator of broadcast journalism. Well, mm-hmm. what he was doing, <laughs> we're not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what would you recommend to children out there? We're on Apple iTunes, and I have had, believe it or not, some kids listen because of of uh, who we are. But what do you say to children? Because they get cons uh, in their lives. Um, in in their homes and in their lives. What do you say to a young child today, Bill, with what you're learning? Well, uh, one thing that you have to know you have to know the pattern because you can't tell whether whether a person's honest or not. But time will tell. And uh, and if somebody's got to have money right away after being a friend of yours for maybe uh, maybe a month, you know that you have to say bye bye right at that. And point. so it usually pertains to something to do with the cash money. They want oh, some money. That's the goal, and uh, okay. they they build up a respect. You get a respect for them, and uh, then then they ask you for money. But they they may go for their respect for you to have respect of them, and then and then they'll hit you with money. That happens lots of times. Now that's a just forget about the children. The senior citizens of our country have fallen now, but, but oh, we're almost yes. out of time. But now, when you determined that uh, the smooth criminal is somebody that's after money. Now, is that somebody who normally was trained or, let's say, who naturally but was trained into when they were incarcerated and they came out of incarceration, or this is people, this is a lot of other people who have never been incarcerated? Oh, I think, I mean, I, I could tell you uh, it's an interesting study with, uh, with a smooth criminal who, um, who had four brothers who were athletes above him, and he was very sickly. And uh, they, as the oldest, uh, oldest brother told me, he says, we didn't like him. He did his thing. We did ours. And uh, his mother protected him, and psychologists would say that's why he wanted to go and prove to uh, to the world he wanted to be another Frank Sinatra, and uh, that didn't work out very well. So he just loved being a uh, smooth criminal for the CIA and doing these dangerous assignments. The only thing that he regretted 
uh, was that, uh, hey, you know, not that I might be caught or something, but that he did not have the adulation of the whole country, which he wanted, and that's why he wanted to be a rock and roll star, which he wasn't that good at. But uh, I tell you, the CIA really loved him. Uh, they mm-hmm. put him on a lot of assignments. He was over there in uh, in Indochina with uh, the Vietnam War, and he was with uh, uh, with Air America. You may know the Air America was the CIA Air Force that was delivering drugs to a lot of the people over there who were willing to fight for the drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is all <laughs> uh, in the book. I'm sorry. This is all in the book. All in the book. And tell us something else. We're almost uh, over t- time, but tell us about some of the things that you think the audience should be looking for in the book. Well, I, I think that uh, that uh, the audience should realize that uh, how easy it is to be conned and not to um, to make fun of uh, people and say, "Oh, that wouldn't happen to me." If you're desperate, I, I've got a I've got a story up in in Connecticut where where this guy was having a terrible divorce. His wife was uh, just demanding so much clothing and so many things and new cars and everything that he was going bankrupt. And um, so along came a con artist and said, uh, "Hey, I can take care of that." He says, first off, I need seven thousand dollars for monitoring equipment, and we're going to monitor her telephone calls, and we're going to do, a, and we're going to beat her in court. Don't you worry about." Well, this guy was in desperate need, so he grabbed the seven thousand dollars and gave it to him instead of uh, the listening equipment that came. Along came three guys, three hoods, and along with the con artist. And uh, they took over his house, and at night uh, uh, they uh, they had AK-47s guarding him in his bedroom so he couldn't come out. And he finally figured out with these cars slamming on the brakes and taking off in the middle of the night that he had a major drug operation downstairs. So he went to the chief of police uh, of uh, Stamford, Connecticut, and said, uh, these guys have taken over my house. Please get them out of my house. They don't belong there. I don't want them. And the chief of police said, you can't tell me you're not involved. You're probably running that con operation well, Of course they there. went first. <laughs> he, he had no way to turn. And then he said, when they started reading me my, my Miranda rights, which, uh, of course, indicates anything you say can be used against you in court of trial, meaning that they were going to throw him in jail, and he started running out of the police station. And the chief of police says, we're watching your place 24-7, and we'll bring you in whenever we want you. He then lost his job because the police went to, uh, it was General Electric, and said, uh, we don't know what this guy is doing, but we can tell you what's going on in his house. And that was enough. And then they have uh, LexisNexis uh, notes to other corporations. And so they knew that uh, he could not find a job with any corporation. And that's been 20 years. He's in a computer. You know, if he tried to get a job at Ford Motor Company, they could look it up and they'd say Drug is, drugs in his house in Stanford, Connecticut. My gosh. And, and I'm sure that's and, happening a lot. Maybe those reality shows are based on true <laughs> some things that are going uh, on. I I know this. I know this person. I've interviewed them. I know that it really happened. I I got a guy in in Tampa that uh, that uh, called 
called the police. He was a, a, a ex Vietnam vet, um, special forces, uh, knew all these different guns and so forth. And he called the Tampa police because uh, this smooth criminal was driving people crazy in the neighborhood, shouting how important he was in the middle of the night, getting drunk and that kind of thing, and then firing his weapon into the sky. Uh, the road wasn't that uh, heavily driven. And so he called the police. The officer came and says, you know, he says, way, way higher, way higher, he told me. Uh, above the chief of police of Tampa is an order that we cannot do anything. He says, the only reason that I'm here is trying to make peace in the in the neighborhood. I cannot write a, uh, a, a note on this. I cannot file a report uh, because, uh, and we knew that that was the CIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just said, well, we're uh, out of time. Uh, not to be involved. Nowhere yeah, we're out of time, Bill, but I want you is. to know, I, uh, people, that you've got a new book out called Smooth Criminal, and it has to pertains to what happens in our lives when we get smoothed by individualities that maybe they're not always just a criminal, but they have an intention that is, uh, really should be looked at as criminal. Uh, you've taught us a lot, and I really appreciate it, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. I you have a nice day, and you be well. You're a positive person, even though we're talking negative, and so am I. Well, there's always a positive side of everything, Bill. And you just taught us, if you're willing not to be conned, right? Mm, that's right. Okay, thank you. You have a nice day, and you be well. Well, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, wow, uh, that was the most unusual discussion I have ever had with somebody who seems, Bill seems to have a lot of background in investigating as a criminal investigator what goes on out there in the world that we all hear about on the news. And uh, now we've had somebody on the Power of Water show uh, on what is happening out there in our lives. And it's something that, you know, your life, you, to be well and to be happy and to be considering your everyday gift that you're given to by the faith of this, I call it God on this earth, we have to realize how important each of us are and that we cannot be subjected to people who have another intention of taking advantage of us wherever in the world it might be. And when we go to watch the news and watch these television programs, we have to always be open-minded, yes, but be aware of the fact that the psychology behind it is getting you wrapped up. So we all have to be wise, and especially with our children. Um, I'm very, very, I, I think what's going on for our children to be subjected to, and some of these, even commercials, it's just not the way I grew up. And I think it's time that we, it's not sheltering ourselves, but being respectful to where everybody that's the audience is where they're at in their lives and to respect them. I want to thank you for listening today and to remind you that we're in a world of concern every day and we need to think about each other. And the water is vital to me and I think that dehydration should be entered into research. Your diseases, your sniffle, your life on this earth depends upon you being having water in you drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water a day, the water around you where you live and what's available to you. It's the water, it's the water, it's the water. I want to thank you for listening and you embrace your life and always embrace somebody else's to be respectful to them too. But earth is whispering. Don't ever say goodbye and take it all with you. Leave it, something behind for the rest of us. 
I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day. I hope you're having a nice day, and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information,